Welcome to the Intersecting Us podcast, where math and life intersect. In today's episode, Brian and Dave attempt to bridge the seen and unseen, unraveling the concept of non-physical realities. Well, welcome to the podcast again. We're going to get into some, I think, some fun things to talk about, uh, some concepts that maybe uh, you may not have thought about recently anyway. That's part of what we want to do here at Intersecting Us. A lot that we've been talking about a lot of different math things. One of the things we we've hit a lot is that when you get in the math world, it's different. It doesn't mean it's just goofy like uh, you know, like the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland, but it's just different. It's a different concept. You get to do different things. In our last last podcast, we talked about that that you could do things in math that you really couldn't do in, in the real world, and then maybe eventually it would it would cross over. What, what we want to talk about today is a little bit, it's kind of a big word, and I, I'm sure, Dave, you know this word really well um, <laughs> as a math guy. It's a philosophical word. It's, what we, it's part of what we call metaphysics, which is the study of reality. It's, it, it, and you tell me, Dave, do you know this word ontology? I really don't. It, it kind of sounds like oncology, but my guess yeah. is no, it has nothing to do with that. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not anything I've ever ran across. I've heard you use it a couple of times, but I realize it's way above my pay grade. So I'm, if you want a test case of someone that knows nothing about it, I could be your test case. Well, and that's ontology. You know, you can get you, anybody, you know, Google it. You can look at Merriam Webster or whatever, but it's just, it's just the idea. Of the philosophical study of being, you know, that's it. Existence, becoming, and reality. I mean, that's it. Being. Who? Who am I? Who am I ontologically? So, for when we're talking about we're humans, uh, so what? What is the ontology of a human? And then that's when you get into philosophical properties. Well, what? What is? What is essential to being human? You know, do you, and, and you know, and obviously, it doesn't take a philosopher or a mathematician to, to figure out that this gets into a lot of. Discussions, whether it's uh, ideological or theological or political or all those types of things. So ontology is, it's a big, it's a big word, but it's really not that hard. And what I wanted to talk about, we had talked about physical things in, in eternal ways. We talked about the Big Bang and how that, you know, science has showed us that that is something that is very real. But then, you know, that, that is a, a finite past and, you know, and then do we have a finite future? And we've talked about, you know, how that got there and, and, and different ideas, which are both. And then you do get into metaphysics and philosophy along with science and, and math and all those types of things, too. But today it's a little bit more just about us. I want to kind of drill down about just humans. So kind of back to the human ontology, human isness. I like the term isness. <laughs> it's kind of who we are. So, Dave, do you have any trouble having a concept of your physical self? Well, okay, Brian, you feel free to cut me off on this because I say <laughs> I know nothing about this. I'm just going like first thoughts that come to mind because we certainly didn't rehearse any of this. No, we so, don't want to do that. That would be no, that that would be too much, much more fun when we don't. Rehearse. Yeah, and so if if I go down this trail, I'm not trying to go down a rabbit trail, but I'm just trying to think about okay, this is what I just heard about this state of being. And I know one of the big things that our culture is wrestling with is the idea of gender. Okay. Oh, certainly. So, yeah. Yep. I think that, you know, for most of uh, my life, uh, I'm approaching 60. 
it was generally accepted that, okay, uh, you know, we're born male and female. And it's only been now for me, at least, uh, the last couple of years where our culture is wrestling with redefining all that. And I'm not trying to identify like what's right and wrong. I'm just wondering, is that also in the concept of ontology is to wrestle with gender? Yeah, you know, I did not really think about that. But when you said that, it's like that is a really good way. And again, we do try to do that here. We're not really wanting to get into super big arguments about that. We can certainly, you know, talk about in off podcast, off video about people want to have discussions if we do it very uh, respectfully. But but it is it's a good paradigm because when you look at this, uh, what you have ontologically as a human is is there's a physical part of what we would call gender. Okay. But there's also a non-physical part of what right. we call gender. Um, right. And I think of myself as a male. And right. I have a body as a male. Right. So right. Those are the I'm just kind of trying to understand. It's like I, I never thought about that before, but I feel like I I mean in my own mind, I feel like I think I'm like a male and then I've got all of the evidence to prove it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I and, think that's a good okay. thing. You know, like you said, we probably won't go too far down that rabbit trail, but it is a good thing to think about. Just try to, I know it gets personal and it gets ideological and, and that's fine. It probably should. But just for academic reasons, philosophical ways we're trying to look at things today, you can think about that. You have, is maleness just a physical or is there a non-physical? And what we're talking about now whether it's just with gender or other things, we're, we're going to talk about this non-physical in, in general, wh- wh- whatever gender, just humans. But there is right now, we do have people that question, I have a particular physical gender, but I guess the best way to put it, my mind is a different gender. Sure. Right. Well, right there, again, we can go down that trail of, of, of how, how that should work or if that's good or bad or right or wrong. But for our purposes today, I would just that is making a statement that there's a non-physical part of you. Right. And that's kind of what I'm right. So there's there's two things going on. You couldn't ask ask that question without a non-physical part of a person. Right. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And I hate to use the word part because that obviously is almost a category error, but we're going to use it anyway. Okay. You know what? It's our podcast and I can use whatever (laughs) word I want. (laughs) Okay. Well, good. That's kind of what I was thinking. Correct me. Yeah, and so I, I think that's a good concept to get in. I know. So just think of our own selves, you know, whether we're male or female, but your own self, you have a physical self, but we know this. I, this morning was at a funeral. Okay. And, uh, when went into the service, there was a, an older gentleman that I knew, really good guy. Uh, his eyes were closed. Obviously he had, he passed away. There was no life in him. Uh, he'd been embalmed. The casket was open. Um, eventually, after the service, we went and, and we buried him. It was a very traditional type of burial, uh, all those types of things. So all of us are going to get that to that to that point, right? I mean, right. Yeah. It, 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 it's reality. Make that assumption now. If something changes, we can reassume. But uh, but at By this the way, point, for the actuaries on this podcast, uh, <laughs> what Brian's saying is Q will eventually equal one. Q is um, going to equal one. Yeah. And when I was an actuary, a life insurance actuary in Des Moines, I don't know exactly how we did this from the benefits department. But uh, on our tables, when you turned 100, 
you got your death benefit. <laughs> so, I don't know if we just cut him a check or what we did. I think they were alive until we called them up and said, you, you've ended our mortality table, and then that caused them to die. It's like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I must be dead. <laughs> and the younger actuaries, I don't know, and you may know because you're in it more than I am now, but you know, I don't know if the mortality tables have gone past 100 now. I mean, I, I think that, you know. 120 the, is the, what I've seen most is common. what we're seeing now. So even then, you know, 120, eventually we die. And, you know, again, that physical body that this guy had, if you can uh, rewind time back to, I don't know, 4,000 years ago or something, somebody died then and there may have been different burial practices and all, but I don't know exactly how did you know what the rate of decay is and all that, but my guess is that body's gone. That person <laughs> that died four thousand years ago, or maybe even less, or even maybe something. Uh, this is a little more uh, morbid, I guess, to think about. But um, most of the people who are on the podcast, uh, my parents, when I was growing up, would always there was one event that they always could tell you where they were when it happened. And that was when JFK got shot. Yes. It's funny. I was going to choose. I was going to say that one event, too. Yep. Now, if you could think about somebody born probably from like 19 or 90, mid 90s on and then maybe between like the 85 and, and, and 2000, what event do you think they'll remember where they were? Well, I would say the 9-11. Yeah, the 9-11. You know, whatever it's somewhere under, you know, math geeks would ask, like, is it like 2,935 or something? Don't want to leave anybody out there, but approximately 3,000 people. A lot of those people just disintegrated mm -hmm. physically. I mean, I'm not saying their atoms went away, but, you know, they just, they just, they're gone. Uh -huh. there, no, there was no funeral to have. Uh -huh. The physical part was gone. And a lot of people, and that's, you know, you obviously get into theological things here too, but, but just ideological, that's hard to deal with. Right. It's, I mean, yeah, on many levels. Yeah. It was hard to deal with this morning with this, you know, older gentleman, but separation, obviously, and he's not going to talk to him, uh, you know, and, and so it's hard. But think about it. You didn't even get any closure, you okay. know, with that. And, and that's another discussion. But the idea of, I remember reading a lot of metaphysical things and, you know, back to the ontology of things. That's the question. Can you imagine? And I think why I brought, brought all that up is sometimes necessity is the mother of invention. We talked about in our last podcast a little bit about yes. how when you can't do something, you invent something. You That's know? right. Yeah. Uh, math is no notorious for that very thing. Yeah. And so I could have just started this podcast and said, could you imagine? And I'm going to ask you this question. I'll ask it rhetorically. Then I'll ask you after I'm saying, could you imagine that you have a non-physical or we could use the word spiritual if you want, but whatever, soulish, we'll just use non-physical. I think it's either, you know, part of yourself. If I just said that, you know, I could ask you that, David, but now I wanted to frame it in, you know, again, with this funeral I went to, I'm sure people listening have gone to them, had people they love who, who, or they didn't love, I guess, that have died that they knew, but I guess they're just as dead whether you love them or not. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to love you to death came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, but, uh, but I, but now think about the nine 11 thing or just the person that you care about that maybe you've known that. And now cremation is uh, something that people. And so again, there's a physical, you know, it really gets down to very little physical thing. They're sort of not the same form that it was. But now when you think about someone who may have been vaporized at that event in, in nine 11, uh, 2001, now I'll ask the question, 
and I'll ask you, this This is not rhetorical nowadays. Okay. Can, can you imagine that you have a non-physical spiritual part of yourself? I think so. Uh, I don't think about that much. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, my gut tells me yes, because just the idea of thinking, you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I look at that and I think, who is that guy in the mirror? Because that guy in the mirror has nothing to do with really who I think I am. I kind of think I'm still that 22-year-old guy yeah. from college who had hair. And so I look at this guy who's, you know, uh, lost the hair almost and, and all the other things that happen. And so I don't even think that right now that that person I look at feels like who I am. And so I feel like that the real being of who I am is not encapsulated by the body that that I see. So right. I, I think that's I don't a know what the, the yeah. right answer here is that you're looking for, but I'm just kind of telling you uh, my own personal, without thinking too deeply, kind of how I think about this. And I do think, I, you know, I tried to frame it. It's a philosophical, almost at least Plutonic, if not Socratic, you know, can you imagine it? I, I'm not mm-hmm. asking, do you have it? I mean, we can ask that too, I guess. It's a little bit hard to prove, but. Can you imagine it? And it sounds right. like you would say, well, yeah, I can imagine it. It, it may be right. harder or, or easier for some to, to do that. And I, I do think that's why does this matter? Well, this is who we are. Uh-huh. Um, right. I know. And I think I know I've done this. I know you've done it. We've probably done it on podcasts. We've probably done it in, in, in speeches and in presentations. And have you ever used the term, can I pick your brain for a bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and really, as, as you know, I'm not a philosopher as far as PhD or anything, but I try to look into that stuff. Technically, that's not the way you should say that. Okay. You're not picking their brain. Your brain is this, this gray matter made up of, of certain human cells that, uh-huh. that you can, you could get to if you have to have some sort of neurosurgery or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, really the term, and, and this goes back to the, some of the ancient thought is, can I pick or can I probe your mind? Uh huh. When we say that, we want to know what you're thinking. I don't care how big, how much your brain weighs, or I want to pick at it. Right. I don't even want to probe it, you know, and put right. little, you know, probes on it, you know. And again, I know that's a little picky and almost a little annoying to say. That way, but, but really what we're trying to do is pick your mind. But that is a, it's a metaphysical statement. It's almost implying, and we don't have, and most of the time, it's kind of like the numbers you talked about last podcast. We don't always think about these things, but technically, we're making an assumption that there's something non-physical there that has real realness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the best one I like to do, and I'd like, like to hear comments back on this, you know, if people say they can't imagine that. Just imagine anything. I mean, I don't know do what you we were talking about, rabbits. So think of a rabbit. Uh, how about a pink rabbit that has a purple bow around its head? If you have to close your eyes, do it. Well, you know, now, now think about that rabbit. Where is that rabbit? <laughs> it's not physical. If I opened up, if you, I can think of it right now. So if somebody came and opened up my skull, would they find the rabbit? Well, no. I mean, everybody, that's stupid. You know, even little kids are like, no, grandpa. <laughs> You're being silly. But. Is it real? And that's the question. It's not a real rabbit in a sense that you could, you know, you could pat it and all that. But it, you really see it, don't you? Mm-hmm. You you have a thought. Think of a, think of a loved one in your life that has passed away. Mm-hmm. Put them in your mind. Are they back? Well, no. But did you really see them? 
now we're crossing over into, you know, again, metafit, what is real. Right. Uh, and why, where this starts to matter in our eternity series is we know with empirical evidence and even more importantly, actuarial tables that eventually our physical mortal self dies. Okay. Uh, I mean, we either die by three ways, I guess, and two of them are similar, but, you know, accident, illness, or old age, <laughs> which uh-huh. is, old age is probably sickness. Uh, but that's it. And, and, and that's it. it. You know, like you said, instantly it gets to one. It gets to one. I mean, that's it. There, there is no more. But the question we have, we've been talking about eternity of the universe. What about us? Uh-huh. Is it not, and this is your next question, uh, not rhetorical. <laughs> is it easier to think about you yourself existing in eternity when you can conceptualize a non-physical part or harder? I think if I could conceptualize a non-physical part, it's much easier. It is. And, is it? Yeah. And I have never thought about this. Uh, this is just a quick comment I'll make. Uh, again, none of this we've talked about, but... Uh, I don't think the way you're thinking in that I don't ask these questions and I think they're, they're fantastic questions and I'm glad you're asking them because I'm going to spend some time thinking about it. But as a math person, I'm imagining stuff all the time. In fact, that's pretty much my whole day is imagining things. And I never really thought about that. So when you start talking about imagining things, well, I've been imagining things all day. Um, and so this is almost like the, my natural state of being is in that imagination world. And maybe that's for non-math people. They don't do that. I don't know. I guess I've, uh, I've never asked someone, but I'm kind of curious if, if the non-math people spend much time imagining things or they're constantly focusing on the things that, you know, they see and touch. And I do think there could be other, you know, people who do it too, but I do think the math mind and scientific mind, because, you know, most science has math at its core and certainly physics. I do think it is easier to mm-hmm. imagine these things. Uh, we've been talking about that through our video series uh, and our, our podcast with eternity and infinity. And uh, I think an earlier podcast, you know, infinity has more of a math idea to it with, you know, limits and calculus and all that. And then eternity, more of a philosophical idea. But it is a lot easier. If you can conceive of infinity, it's, I think it makes logical sense. It's a, probably a bit easier to conceive of eternity. Right. Uh, we can do that better. And I, I do think this is where what we're trying to do, obviously, is look at math, think of math in a way that's fun, certainly, and joyful, but also just meaningful. Uh-huh. Um, and and then also, and how does that transfer to life? And I'll you know I think it's always good you know to use personal stories or personal thoughts. I see, I'm gee, but it's almost been three years, like two and a half, two and three quarters. I probably could do two point six three if I did the right. My wife passed away. Um, oh, you know, so right. that'd be, yeah, that's pretty personal. And and if you're listening, you may or may not know that if you if you know me. So, you know, it, it, it's one thing for me to sit here and imagine, you know, do people who die have non-physical selves and I can write about that and ponder it and put my, you know, my thumb on my chin. And and that's that's fun. I mean, it's good. It's good to know it, it would be. But it becomes personal really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, right. When you start thinking about if you go back to the 
the 9-11, you know, you read those accounts of people who had a loved one in there or somebody mm-hmm. they knew. And it, it's, it's the, the human equation that starts coming. And all I'm kind of trying to do, we're trying to do here is just, is there possibilities? Uh, mm-hmm. And, and for me, I mean, you asked me, do I want her? her non-physical self to still be somewhere. And we're going to actually talk about that in a future podcast about if that could happen and uh, maybe get into some Star Trekians things. And that's always kind of fun, but well, I certainly want it, but you know, there's a lot of things I want that I don't get. So, so, but at this point it's just, is it possible? I think Uh that, uh, and it's very hard uh, to, uh, I, I would assume if I'd ask somebody who, you know, was there today, a daughter or son of the guy who died, you know, I don't think that's probably the right time, but, but do talking about the fact that is it possible? It's all we're asking now. And I think we have some real world kind of back very, very similar to our last podcast when we we're looking at math, some real world examples. And I just gave you one. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe there's a defeater for that. And if you have it, I'd, I'd like to hear it. I mean, I'm not saying there's not, but when you can think of something, whether it's a loved one or a rabbit or a, you know, whatever in your mind, which is not physical, at least we're going to define it that way and know that that's something you really saw. Well, the possibility is at least there, you know, and then the big thing, and you just answered that question. It's easier to start thinking about eternity. Uh huh. And we, a lot of science fiction movies are this way. You know, you get people who, what was that movie? I, I get into too many movies, I know, but it was a uh, oh, cocoon. It was these oh, older folks that got, you know, they ended up, they could live forever, you know, but that, that was physical. But it's something we all think about because does everything shut down at death? You know, when our mortality tables get to Z, get to one, I know as actuaries, it doesn't matter on the policy whether or not you believe you have a non physical self. It's like, <laughs> oh. We can't pay your death benefit because we believe you're still around here somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if that would hold up in court, you know, <laughs> but I think you see how quickly this gets into what really matters. Right. I went to a Hawkeye football game uh, last year. And one of the, if you, if you are an Iowa Hawkeye fan, you know, God bless you. Uh, if you're not, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> because either way, I'm wondering where this story is going. I'm, I'm well, always got a You know, my son and I went uh, to the game. And I don't know if you know this, if you've seen it at the end of the first quarter, the, the new uh, tradition at the Hawkeye games is to have everybody in the audience, including the visiting team, to turn around and wave at all of the kids in the oncology wing that can see the game from the hospital at the University of Iowa mm-hmm. hospital. Yeah. And I've seen it on ESPN and, and ABC, you know, and, and everybody says, and it's, it, it kind of makes you, you know, right now you kind of just have your, the, the, the little hairs on your, something, something non-physical has happened to my physical body. Um, but you get this emotion. It's it, these kids are just, you know, with no hair and, and they're smiling. And, and you, I remember seeing one of the running backs from, from Michigan, tear coming down his eye. Uh-huh. Right. And they showed it and he's, he was fine with it. It's just, well, what, what does that mean? It's like, well, what, you know, the, the idea that these kids are, a lot of these kids aren't going to probably make it to the next season. Uh huh. Well, yeah, we can sit here and intersecting us and talk, well, I wonder if they have a non-physical. Well, it's a little different when it's your kid, isn't it? Right. 
Yeah. And that's, again, we're not, we don't, we can get into that in other discussions in other ways, but all I'm asking is just kind of the metaphysical question. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. Now you would have to prove, and I think we hit this way back and and maybe our first podcast. And I'll ask you this, Dave, is there, would there be a way to prove that, that we're only physical? Could we, could we make a proof scientifically or, which would have to use some math, but that seems like that would be much easier to disprove than to prove that because what you say, anytime you say we are only, then you only need one exception to disprove that. But in order to prove it, not only do we have to say there aren't any, but we also have to say there can never be one that it is not like a lot that there's a contradiction to that statement. Right. And, right. Um, so that's what would have to be done. And maybe uh, some people have tried to do that, but just from pure math perspective, most of the times it's much more difficult to prove something cannot happen than to prove like it. Universal can. negative. Yeah. yeah. To try to prove the universal negative. Well, that's true in, in scientific method too. It's very mm-hmm. hard to do. Especially if you don't have a closed system, which is, you know, the whole universe is fairly open. Uh, so, yeah, I think then that's kind of what we're looking at here. So this is kind of a philosophical way of looking at it. And we'll, we'll kind of end up here pretty soon. But kind of my last question to kind of look at, you know, we, we try to keep these podcasts at a certain time period. But this this is one of those things I could probably talk about for three or four hours and just scratch the surface because it is about who we are and what we experience. But I, I guess I, I'm going to make this statement, which is kind of a universal positive, which is almost as hard <laughs> to prove. So it's just a statement and it's obviously experiential. I have never met anyone that couldn't imagine that they had a non-physical self yet. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Brian, do you live your whole life like in a cave and don't ever go around and meet people? So you the reason why that's true is because you never met someone other than, I guess, well, you equals at least 30. I know that I mean, <laughs> equals at least 30. So no, I, I probably ask at least 500 people this. Question. OK, well, Vin Ryan, mind. he's an extrovert, uh, former <laughs> actuary, which is kind of rare. And I have no doubt he's uh, talked to many people on this. So I couldn't probably resist. probably asked over a thousand people and only annoyed like 900. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that ratio was in there somewhere. But <laughs> so if that's true, and again, obviously you may meet somebody, but it, it, because it's possible, that's the thing. That's all we're asking. Is it possible? Of course, certainly it's possible. You can't prove it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's a logic question because you mm-hmm. can't see it. It's not physical. And so it, I, there's some assumptions there, but so it seems that we have this ability as a human being within ourselves to at least imagine this. And we imply it by thinking things and picking each other's minds and even kind of back to the thing we started with, just assuming that there is more to us than just being human, that there's a, a physical part of our humanness or maleness or femaleness. And a non-physical part of our humanness or maleness mm-hmm. or femaleness. And that, that's really not under debate. Really, the, the debate that you kind of start off with your analogy is whether they're lined up, not uh-huh. whether they exist. Right. You know, that, that's the thing. And what, if they're not lined up, what do I do? Uh-huh. Um, 
that's that's the question. So the big question, here's the question. It's one word, and it's the one we ask in a lot of ways. If we do have this ability, why? Uh-huh. You know, and, and that's obviously a deep question to ask. Uh-huh. Why do we have this within ourselves? And again, back to possibilities. I think what I, I want to kind of end with is the positive part of the question I ask you. I think it's much easier to imagine yourself existing eternally than it is when, when you, when you believe that you have a non-physical part than it is if, and if you don't, uh-huh. uh, it's just easier because we have, we have empirical evidence that people die physically. Right. We don't know what the non-physical part happens. And we, there's books that talk about people seeing themselves that are, their physical parts from some other eyes. And it's just really interesting to read those things. It is right. Certainly say that they're just, you know, hallucinating, but where the heck is that hallucination at is another question. (laughs) Well, it's not physical, is it? And that's really all we're trying to get into. So, so one possible answer is that an infinite existence beyond our death is real. That's a possible Uh answer, isn't it? Right. And that all comes from just stepping back and thinking about, Back to the word we started with, ontology. Who uh-huh. are we? Right. How do we exist? And when you get into math, that's been eye-opening to me being part of this, uh, intersecting us. It doesn't take that much longer to get to life. Mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. in some just very practical ways that we've talked about. And not this is impractical. But this is this is deep stuff. This is stuff uh-huh. we could talk about for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Uh, especially our non-physical selves, if they exist. (laughs) So, so yeah, you've been, you've been, you answered so good, you're you're getting, you're going to become a philosopher yet, and maybe I'll become a mathematician. I I don't think so. I don't have the patience and, and uh, for it uh, probably, I don't know. I don't have the motivation for it. Maybe is the other thing. And I'm glad that other people, I just like math too much and my brain is hard enough to, uh, it can't begin to touch all the math things I want to think about. So the last thing I need to do is start another rabbit trail of something else. But I do, you know, stumble into it just by listening to you and I find it very fascinating. And uh, these questions that you brought up, I now see in a new light that I'd never seen before that I find really interesting to think about. And I think, as you said, these are really good questions and we're not giving you the answers, but we do think they're worth pondering about. Well, and we're using just logic uh, and and common sense, hopefully, and along with math and philosophy to just probe these and try to come to good conclusions. That's what you always Mm -hmm. want to do and try to be honest about it. And hopefully... We really would like you to hopefully whatever, whether it's math or life, you know, intersect with us. That's part of why we call it that it's intersecting life and math, but it's also intersecting people. You know, uh, you may want to talk about some of this stuff with Dave or I, and, and there's ways to do that on our website and in and, and the YouTube videos as the videos will be coming out that we'll talk about stuff like this. So we thank you for uh, listening to us. Uh, we're having fun and intersecting us. We always do. Have enjoy of uh, intersecting uh, life and math together.
has been the Intersecting Us podcast. To further engage with Intersecting Us, go to intersectingus.com.